Hello everyone and welcome to Nisa Today FC. It's good to be back. I know you guys have missed me and morning Josh. Where have you been this whole time? Well, as I mentioned in previous tweets, I've been very busy working for Chicago House Athletic Club, creating content and doing storytelling for their M3 project, which they did for their game this past weekend against San Diego. And of course, been busy writing stuff for them as well and uh, having a lot of fun um, out at training, getting stuff for the team. So very excited about that. But that's why I've been so busy the last few months and have been kind of taking a break with Nisa Day FC. But I'm happy to be back. And we got a lot to talk about. Some Nisa action this weekend. Uh, Detroit City FC looks like they're going to chase another championship title. And of course, we're going to give some Nisa Nation some love today. So stay tuned, guys. Happy back. And enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. As we record today's show on Indigenous People's Day on Monday. Now, it's been a very, very exciting weekend in the world of soccer. And I know our show, we generally focus on all things NISA. NISA League. Now we got Nisa Nation going on, but we also had the World Cup qualifiers going on this past weekend in CONCACAF, and since everybody's been talking about it, I might as well start the show sharing my thoughts on the U.S. men's nationals team losing on the road to Panama last night, one nothing. Now, guys, I don't know what happened between the Jamaican game and in this game, but the U.S., let's just say what it is, guys. They came out flat and really struggled in this game. Greg Berhalter made seven changes in his lineup. Now, he mentioned because, you know, McKinney was going to be out and Tyler Adams kind of needed to rest, but then he had to play in this game. And some other players had to, because they play in Europe, they had to kind of keep in mind the quarantine restrictions, all kinds of you know, crazy things like that. So, had a young squad with Shaq Moore, Eunice Musa, uh, Mark McKenzie was in there, Tim Weah was in there, George Biello, and then you had, you know, Kellen Acosta. And the team just didn't connect very well in this game. They just couldn't get anything going. And Panama, it's like they basically bullied us the whole game, getting everything going against the U.S. men's national team. And what was really frustrating for me is after we gave up that goal, uh, in the beginning of the second, towards the middle of the second half with Godoy went off the the set piece with the corner kick there, even though it looked like on the replay, Giasse Zardes also got part of it. So initially, it thought it was an own goal, but they ended up giving it to Godoy. And Panama, they didn't eases off the gas. They just kept going. And Burhalter made some substitutions. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, they came on like around, I think, the 68th minute. But we, and Tyler Adams was coming on the field as well. But at that point, it was like too little, too late. And we couldn't get anything going. And Panama, you know, got to give them the credit. They managed to hang on. After losing to El Salvador in their previous match, they bounced back in a big way at home to win. Now, 
I know on Twitter I suggested, mm, should we hit the panic button? And I was like, kind of, yeah. I know you're thinking, oh, really, Josh? Why would you hit the panic button? Well, guys, look. There was no sense of urgency towards the end of that game. Even we had, we had seven minutes of stoppage time. I'm like, guys, let's just keep pushing. Let's get a, at least an equalizer. Get out of here with at least a point, something. And we didn't, couldn't do that. And for Panama, look, this is the first time that they have beaten the U.S. in Panama. It's That's never happened before. We played them 24 times, and this is the first time that the U.S. has failed to beat Panama in Panama. Last time we actually lost to Panama was back in 2011 in the Gold Cup. That's the second time, only other time we've lost to them. And not only that, guys, we only had five shots the entire game. Only five shots, guys. That's that's not good. And when I watched the broadcast on Paramount Plus last night, Glenn Dempsey mentioned in the halftime that the U.S., like the previous like eight or nine games, they had not scored a goal in the first half. They have not scored a goal in the first half. But the second half is when they kept they started clicking and getting results. But that did not happen this time. And not to mention, October 10th, it seems like a, a dark day in U.S. soccer history. Uh, we didn't win last night against Panama. Of course, we all remember October 10th, 2017, <clears throat> we had to go to Trinidad Tobago. And we lost that game, which eliminated us from qualifying for the World Cup. And then in 2015, we lost the CONCACAF Cup. We had to play Mexico. Uh, we lost that game as well. So October 10th has not been a good day for the U.S. men's national team. Now, they're going to play Costa Rica in their next match on Wednesday in Columbus. And I know, since I said the panic button, you're going to have to say now it's going to have to be a must-win game. Because right now, Mexico crushed Honduras. So they're really in the group. I know USA is in second, but Panama, after beating us, they now moved to third. And Canada is in fourth place right now. Now, Mexico and Canada are the only two countries in the octagonal that haven't lost a game yet. And we just lost. And Costa Rica, they were losing to El Salvador. And came back and won that game two to one. So Costa Rica is gonna be desperate because they're off to a slow start, and they need to get back into the contention for the top three from the qualify for the World Cup. So I expect it's gonna be a very very tough game in the U.S. But the U.S. has to win at home. You got to win your home games. That's how we didn't get qualified the last time around. We kept dropping points and, and losing at home. So the U.S. is gonna have to uh, bounce back in a big way and put on a better performance. Because it's not looking good. If, if, we, if we drop points or lose against Costa Rica, guys, then we got Mexico. And then we'll finish off the year for a World Cup qualifying uh, for 2021 against Jamaica before, in January, we start the last uh, six games to try to finish up the qualifying uh, round for the World Cup for this final round. So U.S. men's national team, they just haven't looked good. Haven't looked good and... You know, Bray Berhalter, you know, I think that's been like the biggest connection is trying to figure out ways to get the European players and the MLS players kind of gel together. But in some games, it's it's worked, and some games it has not. And I know there's some players that he didn't take, like Daryl DK and some others, but, you know, Bray Berhalter is going to have to figure it out to try to make this team improve because 
it's not looking good. And we've already missed the last World Cup. Did we miss this one? Guys, I don't know what we're going to do. I really don't know what we're going to do. But let me know on Twitter. I can talk about U.S. Men's National Team all day, but I got to move on to other stuff. But let me know uh, how you guys feel about the U.S. Men's National Team game for Wednesday. Uh, I'll post a poll on Twitter, see if you guys think we're going to win. Could we lose? Can we get a draw? What do you guys think? I saw Gracie Footy post on Twitter if the U.S. Soccer Federation fired Greg Berhalter, which I don't think is going to happen after the game against Panama. Uh, but depending if things keep going south, it, it could happen by the end of the year. But who knows? <clears throat> U.S. soccer, they have other issues that they got to take care of at the moment. So we'll leave it at that. But let's move on to our league that we cover and love the most, the Nisa League. And we had some action going on this past weekend. So let's start with the early match on Thursday. Cal United Strikers taking on Chattanooga FC at Finley Stadium. And Cal United Strikers really took it to the Chattanooga FC in the second half. And one of the players who just signed, Brian Medina, I believe he's 16, but he was like one of the youngest players they brought to the club. And he scored a goal, a beautiful goal, breaking down the Chattanooga FC defense, getting that shot past Reddington to score that goal for the Cal United Strikers to so give him a 2-0 lead. Now, Chattanooga FC did get a goal late in stoppage time to try to get back into it, but it was not enough as Cal United Strikers hang on to win that game on the road. Now, let's talk about the game I was at past weekend, Chicago House AC. It took us two months, guys, but we finally did it. They finally got their first win at home at SeatGeek Stadium with a 1-0 win against 1904 FC from San Diego. Now, the house was in San Diego the previous week, and it was a national televised game for BN Sports, and the house was able to get a win on the road, and that was our first road win since August 14th when we beat Stumptown AC. And coming back, home in front of our fans the players were very excited and that was the only thing left that we hadn't done was to get a win at home and we could finally put a check mark under that for a very historic win in the books and another shutout for chicago house uh, i know chicago house they i think through what 12 games or i'm sorry 10 games we play 10 games now we've only given up eight goals so we've had a lot of one nothing games in between or nil nil draws and the Detroit game the first game we, we lost that game three to two so Chicago House has really been doing well defensively and from my conversations with CJ Brown the head coach and technical director for the house he's mentioned you know the defense has been really good the offense it's there we've had they had a lot of close games where they've had several chances to get the ball in the back of the net but came short and now the team's scoring goals, which is really good. And that's a confidence booster. They're building momentum now. And now they get ready for their next matchup against Maryland Bobcats FC this weekend. But impressive win for the house. Mike Novotny, their goalkeeper, gets an, uh, another shutout. So that streak continues. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, Maryland Bobcats when they came in as expansion team in the spring season. Started off slow, struggling, getting up a bunch of goals, couldn't score goals. But they picked it up late. 
towards the end of spring season and finish mid-table. So the house now has that potential to do just that. We're obviously not going to win the fall championship. I mean, Detroit, they'll have like a 10-point lead. Don't see that dropping. They're going to pretty much win the fall season. But Chicago House, keep continuing to build that momentum leading up to 2022, getting positive results. So that's really good for them. As for 1904 FC, however, man, it's been a tough run for them. They have not won a game since, ironically, August 14th. That's the last time they won a game, being the Michigan Stars 2-1. to And now 1904 FC, it's been a, a, a struggle for them. And Scott Morrison talked about the team, you know, struggling to score goals. You know, the defense has been, you know, getting kind of frustrated. The team just keeps trying to go for it when they just need to relax and, and, and play their game. And that's been a, a struggle for 1904 FC as of late. So we'll see if they can pull themselves out of the bottom of the table there. But 1904 FC, it's been a, a struggle for them so far. Let's talk about the champions, Detroit City FC. Detroit City FC had their derby match against their rivals, Michigan Stars FC. And Detroit City FC won that match 1-0 with a goal from Maxi Rodriguez. Man, what a cross from Darwin Espinal to get that ball to Maxi Rodriguez. And he buries it past McCruva to, to give Detroit City FC the 1-0 victory. And Detroit, everyone thought after they lost to Stumptown AC a few weeks ago, could they finally start to go down and, and slip and get an opportunity for maybe Cal United or LA Force to get back to maybe winning the race. But Detroit City FC said, no, not so fast. And they are now going back to winning ways. And that's what they do. They just, they just win games, guys. And Detroit City FC, those are they're well on their way to winning the fall championship. But it's still, you know, eight games left, eight, seven games left for most teams. So, and they could still happen at this point, but I think, guys, Detroit City FC, it's their title to lose for the fall season. All right, Stumptown AC, they got a nil-nil draw against the LA Force at home. Travis Ward had the best chance in the 30th minute with his shot, but the LA Force keeper made the save there to – Preserve the shutout or clean sheet for both teams. But Stumptown AC, they've been uh, picking up results. They've been moving up the table. And for LA Force, they're battling with Cal United Strikers FC for the second place as they try to heal with Detroit. But as I mentioned earlier, Detroit City FC looks like they're well on their way, I should say, to clinching another championship title in the NISA League. Now let's look over the standings. So for Detroit City FC, they're 10-point lead, 29 points in first place. Cal United Strikers, they're in second place with 19 points. LA Force, they are in third place with 18 points. Stubtown AC is in fourth with 17 points. Michigan Stars FC in fifth with 16 points. New Amsterdam FC in sixth with 16 points. Chattanooga FC is in seventh place with 11 points. Chicago House AC, moving out of the bottom. They are in eighth place now with 11 points. 
picking up seven points in their last three matches. Maryland Bobcats FC is in ninth place with nine points. And in last place is San Diego 1904 FC with seven points. Now, let's talk about some league news here. Not much going on in the league right now. But there is supposed to be an announcement today for Flower City Union. Uh, my guess is, I know they had player tryouts recently, so it could be their first signing, or it could be a kit reveal. They're going to reveal their, their kits. I'll have to work at Under Armour later tonight, so I'm not going to find it until I get off work. But it's probably going to be one of those things. But we'll find out for sure by the end of the day. Now, New Amsterdam FC, they announced uh, last week, their owner, Lawrence Gerard announced that they are going to offer player ownership to current and future players for the club with shares. Now, I thought this was interesting that the team's going to give equity shares to not just their current players, but also future players. Now, I think as far as soccer, they are probably the only club that's doing this right now. Detroit City FC and Chattanooga FC, they do an equity share, but that's with fans, so fans can own the club. This would be a little different because I can have players involved. So I thought it was very interesting. I'm not sure this will be a trend going forward, but Lawrence Gerard cited in the article that the NBA, they've, they're talking about this in their CBA negotiations and that some players like Dwayne Wade have like a, a, a small stake in, I think he mentioned in the article, the Utah Jazz. Not sure on that. But he also mentioned Tim Howard. Tim Howard, I know he's a co-owner for Memphis 901, but he also mentioned that he has an ownership stake. So I'm not sure how that's going to work, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I know another big topic that people were talking about was the uh, <clears throat> San Diego 1904 player, Dale Cutler. He is an assistant coach for uh, the team as well. So he played in that game against us, Chicago House. But I think with assistant coaches or player coaches, it's maybe a little different because we've seen that in Europe. Uh, I remember when David Moyes, when he left, Ryan Giggs took over, but he was like the player coach. So he could coach a team and then sub himself on to play. And then most recent example, speaking of Manchester United, was Wayne Rooney when he was brought on Derby County. And he was a player coach for, like I think, the first time, year he was there. And then he also became – the head coach. So I know it's kind of weird with soccer and some of their rules, but that's the stuff we've seen. I know the big issue has been owners playing in games, <clears throat> but I'll let protagonist soccer have their, their beef on that one. <laughs> but uh, this has been crazy. Been crazy to say the least. So let's give Nisa Nation some love here. The only game that wasn't played this week was New Amsterdam FC 2 versus Atlantic City FC. That match was postponed. 
So we had two games this past weekend in Nisa Nation. New Jersey Teamsters won 3-0 against Bear Fight at Albion SC Delaware. And the highlight of that game was, I, I, I hope I get his name right, so I apologize if I, if I butcher this name, Emra Kursik. Again, if I butcher that, I'm, I apologize. The announcer just said number 10. But he caught the keeper for Bear Fight at Albion SC Delaware off guard, went well past the keeper to give them the lead or <clears throat> extend that lead. So it was very stellar goal there from Kursik, caught the keeper sleeping and was able to get that goal <clears throat> to extend New Jersey Teamsters' lead and end up winning that match. The other result was Steel Pulse losing to New Jersey Alliance FC 2-0. But both teams are still atop of the Northeast region in the standings with seven points, with New Jersey Alliance FC leading on goal differential. All right, guys, let's talk about my final thoughts for the week that was in NISA. And for Detroit City FC, ever since they lost to Stumptown AC, they've picked up 10 points. And they have a 10-point gap between them and Cal United Strikers. This team is well on their way to clinching a title. Unless they have a collapse, which I don't see is going to happen. It looks like they're going to get another championship for the fall season. I just wished... U.S. Soccer didn't cancel the U.S. Open Cup. I would love to see how this team did against those MLS teams and USL teams, but we'll have to wait till next year for that one. Let's also talk about Stumptown AC. Stumptown AC, they've been picking up points. What's crazy with Stumptown AC, though, a couple weeks ago, I think it was either the week before, I think it was the week before, actually. Not this game, but the game before. They were playing LA Force. They were down not one, but two men. They were down to nine players, and they somehow came back, got two goals against LA Force to tie that game. I mean, you just can't count Stumptown AC out. Very similar, you know, with Shadow House. You know, we're we're fighting hard every day, day after day, to stay in these games, no matter what the result is. But with Stumptown AC, man, Rod Underwood, he's doing a heck of a job for that team keeping them competitive, and, hey, you be down to either 10 players or 8 players, it don't matter. This team finds a way to keep getting results, and they're slowly – they've been moving up the table. They're, like I mentioned, fourth place. The Stumptown AC, they, they could make some noise, uh, hoping not against us we play the next month <laughs> in November, but they that's another team that I've been keeping my eye on that's been on good form lately. So it's not just Detroit – Stumptown's been looking pretty good. Uh, the LA Force, of course, they're hanging in there. And then us, we're, we're picking up points as well. So those are all the teams that have been good. Now, the team that we've mentioned earlier has been struggling, 1904 FC. They have not won a game since August 14th. They have lost seven out of their last eight matches. And for 1904 FC, the question you have to wonder is, is a team going to be able to turn it around as we are, most of these teams have played 10 games or 11 games now. So they only have 
a handful of games to try to change the results around. But not going to be easy for 1904 FC. They're going to be at home this weekend. They take on Detroit City FC. Uh, that's going to be a tough game for them, but I think Detroit is going to win that game. Then they got to go play LA Force, and then they got Cal United Strikers. Then they got to play Stumptown AC, who I just talked about, twice. Then they got Cal United and then New Amsterdam. So there's no easy games. They got to play them twice. So there's no easy games for 1904 FC. Um, they'll probably get maybe a few draws out of those, but I just I just can't see it, guys, them turning it around to get a win. Now, let's talk about some other games this weekend we got coming up. Los Angeles Force will be taking on New Amsterdam FC. And I think, man, that's going to be a, a toss-up right there, especially because New Amsterdam has been playing well. Uh, so I'm going to lean towards a, a draw between those two teams. I mean, LA Force is what they do. You know? They they get draws here and there. And I wouldn't expect anything less in this role, especially these two teams are playing pretty well. So we're going to go over the draw with this one. Kyanai Strikers FC will be hosting Stumptown AC. As I just talked about Stumptown, this team's been playing really good. Kyanai Strikers, they're on good form as well. But, I mean, Stumptown, they played very well defensively. Uh, but I think I think this game is going to also end in a draw between Kyanai Strikers and Stumptown AC. Michigan Stars FC against Chattanooga FC. Michigan Stars have been kind of up and down at home lately, and Chattanooga FC, they're trying to get themselves out of the bottom or – or not the bottom, they're in the bottom four, technically. But I think Chattanooga FC will find a way to get a win on the road to beat the Michigan Stars. And finally, Maryland Bobcats FC hosting the Chicago House AC. Maryland Bobcats, they've been struggling, but they've played pretty well at home. And Chicago House AC, they've been on good form. They're scoring goals, and I expect that to continue on the road. Chicago House AC will get a win against the Maryland Bobcats FC. And that will include my preview for this weekend's matches. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude today's show for Nisa Today FC. You can follow us on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC, on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC, and you can also follow us on our Facebook page at Nisa Today FC. Don't want to forget this part, but we also recently announced last week that we are joining the Nisa Content Alliance. So it's a website where you can find all the latest podcasts, blogs, and shows covering Nisa. So I would highly recommend it's run by Grayson Footy. You can also give him a follow too at Grayson Footy. But go check it out. It has all our members there. So I'm part of that with Nisa Day FC. But you can also find out stuff from other podcast shows that cover the Nisa League, like Nights You Say Nisa, Independent Soccer Block, Lower League USA, Kicking Grass, and the 423 Soccer Pod. So go to that page. You can also follow them on Twitter at Nisa Content. And just follow all those shows to get your latest news from the NISA League. So I just wanted to throw that in there. 
All right, everyone. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, and I will see you next time.